All right, we are back with another episode of Real Talk. Um, got a long time returning guest here. It's been a hot minute. Uh, Jeff Halbert, how are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining the emergency pod, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Today was today was supposed to start off as a uh, another draft conclusion that Brad and I had been doing. We were going to do seventeen through thirty two, and we're still going to. That'll be after this little segment here. But uh, I wanted to start off talking about the squirrel, Julian Edelman. Baby goat. The the baby goat, <laughs> Minitron. Uh, dude's got so many nicknames. <laughs> oh, man, so many. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're a Patriot fan and you're listening to this, you know, the dude came in the league. I believe he, he was drafted in 2009. Yeah, 2009. And ever since, he's kind of been a fan favorite because even before he was starting to get time, he was making preseason plays and uh, punt returns in the preseason. And people were like, wow, we have a pretty special player on the roster that could be that could be coming down the pipe. And if we remember correctly, back in 2009, we had two pretty solid receivers in their own right, Wes Walker, Randy Moss. So Julian Oman, yeah, as a rookie, pretty solid. <laughs> as a seventh-round player, isn't going to see – you're not going to see the field. Sorry. You're right. not beating out Randy Moss and, and Wes Walker. So uh, with that being said, you know, there's a, it's a pretty hot topic this morning. Okay. Whether or not Julian Edelman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. What are you, what did you like watching about Jules and what are you going to miss watching about Jules? So Jules was easily my favorite Patriot. Ultimately favorite over even Tom Brady. Obviously, Tom is kind of on his own, you know, pedestal because of who he is and what he brings to the team and what he does. But Jules was really my favorite. I mean, his charisma, his attitude, his drive, uh, the guy literally always left it out on the field. And you can say that about a lot of people, but do you really mean it? I mean, Jules put it all out there. The dude was electric, loved watching him. He lit it up in a lot of different ways. That's for sure. I mean, punt returns, even kick returns, you know, like, yeah, it was just really fun, really fun and really emotional and uh, really the, the top character kind of guy. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, especially for us Patriot fans, it, it absolutely sucks that three years in a row we have lost a cornerstone piece, but truly like, and these are all offensive pieces, which typically in today's day and age, people follow offensive players much more than they follow defensive players, you know, fantasy teams and all that other BS. But you lose Gronk, then you lose Tom Brady, and now we lose Julian Edelman. And Gronk was kind of like an early retirement he had some injury issues, but at the same time, we're just kind of like, you know what, Gronk, you know, it ran its course. The Tom Brady situation, obviously, completely separate circumstance. The Julian Edel one, you know, if you're watching 2020, you're seeing the wheels fall off, and it's really disappointing. Yeah. You know, there were there were times where, I'll admit it, you know, I, I talked pretty bad about Jules last year, you know, that he shouldn't be on the team or shouldn't be playing because he's just, he's not, he couldn't play. He wasn't it was a health issue, though. It was a health right. issue. It exactly. had nothing to do with, nothing... with effort or anything like that. It Absolutely. was 100%. He, I hate to even say this. He was washed. Like, his knees were too much for him. He, the age, everything had caught up. 
I was hopeful it, for for this season, honestly. I really was hopeful, but it's not surprising seeing it happen the way it did. And I'm actually, I would rather him retire than come back and try to put together a year that could potentially be worse if the injuries are really that bad. That could potentially be worse than the past season. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually 100 with you, and you know I'm gonna miss. All the little nuances that Julian Edelman brings to the Patriots. Um, it's going to be a hell of a story. Going to be a hell of a comeback. You know, the the divisional championship game in Foxborough. Down two scores. He throws his first ever career pass. It's completed to Danny Amendola down the sideline for a touchdown. Gillette was rocking probably louder than it's ever rocked in its entire life. And yeah, stuff like that I'm going to miss, you know. And oh, yeah. The, the times where he's screaming at Tom Brady on the sideline, you're too old, you're too effing old. It, it's stuff like that. It's just those little things that he brings that other people just don't. And it's not because they can't. It's just like Julian's special in that kind of way. Oh, yeah. And speaking of special – I think the reason that we're both here is we want to talk about uh, June Edelman and his chances, we'll call it that, at making the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, oh yeah. first thing I want to say is, before we even start, because I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let you go and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk after. Um, I don't believe Julian Edelman will get into the Hall of Fame. I want to start off by saying that I personally don't believe he will get into the Football Hall of Fame. Um, A, because... There is no criteria, and that's one bad thing about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There is no written-out criteria, because if there was, we would know if somebody's going to get in the Hall of Fame. There's not, though. Yeah. So it's yeah. always a it's a what if, or should they, or based off the body of work, and it's all of us Monday morning quarterbacks just sitting back and saying, well, I think he should because of the body of work, or I don't think, or the longevity, or too much. There's a lot to be said. Um, I'll let you kind of Start her off. What do you think? There's, in my opinion, it should be a very, uh, you should really take circumstance and uh, different situations into account when you're selecting somebody for the Hall of Fame. Stats obviously matter. That is football at its most rudimentary, the important stuff, you know. What have you physically accomplished? Then there's stuff that's not as tangible. Your contributions to your team, to the league as a whole the ability of certain players to just change the game altogether you know um and obviously there are people that have or will make the hall of fame with different levels of stats different levels of contributions and and whatnot i am personally hopeful that julian will make the hall of fame i'm not delusional. He will not be a first ballot. I would put him in first ballot, but it's not a bunch of me voting on the Hall of Fame. Um, his his stats are great. His for for what they are. You know, he's in a system that moves the ball around. He's part of a team that wins a shit ton of games. So when you're not playing from behind and you're not throwing the ball, he's out there pass blocking really blocking for the run like whatever whatever he has to do you know being a freaking distraction on the field whatever you know i mean when you're playing up 
there's there's not a lot of opportunity to score a whole lot of points for you know all the wide receivers um he's a a big contribution to the team though in the ways that he does do all of the things he contributes to the blocking and everything else he's a leader that you can't possibly put a value on you know he's he's a heart and soul of this team and what it means to be a patriot um and i mean the fiercest competitor out there the drive the fire i mean it's absolutely like almost completely unmatched i mean really and uh I mean, I just, I don't see how he can't possibly make it in. I mean, he's just, he means too much. His playoff stats alone are just fantastic. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the clutch catches, I mean, come on, picking the ball off the turf, just a, just a single hand, I mean, under it, like, just so close. Like, the dude does things that are unnatural. I mean, he deserves to be in for for a lot of those reasons. Um, obviously, he's not putting up Jerry Rice numbers, but, I mean, come on. Not everybody's going to. And you've got people making it into the Hall of Fame that don't have super impressive stats either. I mean, I, I, it, Jules would not be the worst statistical wide receiver in the league that that made the Hall of Fame. No, I didn't take the time to look that up right now, but... Um, I was doing a little bit of look and I seen there were a couple of wide receivers in there with less catches, less yards, you know, some that had more, but also played like 16 seasons and things like that. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, different situations that play into that, but I am ultimately bottom line. I am hopeful. He does make the hall of fame eventually. So there's, there's a lot in my opinion, to, to really dissect. The first thing is everybody's go-to argument, the stats. There's not enough there. And that's, I, I somewhat agree. But let me back up, okay? So first off, I, I don't want to get into the, every time there's a there's an argument about should this person or should this not person be in the Hall of Fame? We've had a couple on the, you know, the Real Talk page. And, um, you know, just recently there was one on uh, LaShawn McCoy, and I instantly had already done some homework on it. And I actually popped up a couple of different backs on a blind resume. And, you know, there was a back that had better stats in pretty much across the board, and it was Corey Dillon. Um, Corey Dillon has a Super Bowl win with the Patriots, and he was left off out of the Hall of Fame. Nobody's even talked about him as a Hall of Fame contender. And, a lot of times, and this isn't an us against the, the world mentality kind of thing. I'm just saying, I'm stating the facts. There are a lot of Patriot dynasty players from both the first set and the second set that I think will be overlooked because we've done everything in our power to make sure that Tom Brady has gotten every damn bit of credit that he deserves. But because of that, I almost think it's backfired because there's a lot of people that undervalue everybody else. There are people that dynasty as a whole shines too bright to show each individual player. I 100% agree. And Bill Belichick and Tom Brady rightfully are going to get a lot of credit and they deserve every bit. 
but there are Hall of Fame level players that played on both sets of these dynasties. There are people out there, and I, I it's stupid. There are people out there that honestly don't think Gronk's that good. And I just, it's, yeah. it's, it's just what crazy. A joke. It's just crazy to me. And Julian Edelman at five foot 10, 200 pounds, okay, um, had no scholarships out of high school. He played quarterback for Kent State University. I know you know where that is because you live in Ohio. A lot of play people don't know what that is. Kent State University, it's over near Akron, okay? It's in uh, northeast Ohio. And coincidentally, I find this hilarious. He had one catch in college for 11 yards. Kind of funny, 11. Um, he did not get an invite to the combine. He was not invited. All right? And Bill Belichick drafts him in the seventh round. I'm going to take all of that into consideration when it comes to stats. Because how did I open this up? I told you that he was buried behind Randy Moss and Wes Welker. You're not going to walk into this league on any team. I don't care who it is. If they have two Hall of Fame slash Pro Bowl level players starting for you, if you're a seventh round pick, I don't care how good you are. You're not going to step on the field in front of those players. Right. It's going to take time and effort. And Julian stuck through it. And what did he do in that time? He went and played slot corner. He went and returned punts. He went and returned kickoffs. He was sacking quarterbacks on corner blitzes. These Pretty sure things, he was also on the coverage team for kicks, too. Yes, like, yes. He, he, played all special, he played all special teams. And Bill Belichick gave him the most uh, perfect speech, uh, you know, um, introduction or parting ways. Go back and go find it. It's all over. Bill Belichick talking about Julian Elman after he issues retirement. Um, everything he says is everything you want to hear once you're done playing football. Those things matter. Okay. And today you're probably thinking to yourself, well, Heinz Ward won two Super Bowls and was a Super Bowl MVP and has double the stats of Julian Edelman and won't get in. That's a shame. But I'm not here to compare Julian and other players. I'm just here to make a case for Julian. Although I said I, he won't get in. Because there's lots of Patriots that have been overlooked. Ty Law took a couple of times to get in. Richard Seymour is still being overlooked today. Corey Dillon is still being overlooked today. There's a lot, and there's more. There's plenty more. Asante Samuels, it's a freaking crime that he hasn't even gotten talked about. He's not even on the ballot. It's a crime. But Julian Edelman, he's done things that are just different. Being part of, in my opinion, okay, because of how it was done, the second Patriots dynasty is the greatest dynasty of all time, if you're going to split the two. And the reason being is they won three Super Bowls in five years, and they went to a fourth. They went to four out of five Super Bowls. It's really an incredible feat, and uh, winning three of them is, is damn good. And the, the funny thing is, is the one they lost, Julian Edelman never stepped foot on the field. And there's a lot of people, myself included, that believes that if he was on the field, we would have won. And I know you're like, well, Tom Brady threw 500 yards. Yeah, but guess what? He didn't have Julian Edelman. He could have threw 600. Right, seriously. I, I mean, it, 
those things matter. I don't think it's a coincidence that Julian Edelman's three and zero in a Super Bowl. I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, and I don't know. I just uh, there's a lot that can be said about Julian. He didn't really start playing his first bit of ball until 2013, and when he did, he took off. You know, in 2012, at the very end of that season, Wes Walker ended up getting hurt. He had a tore ACL. That's when Julian right. Edelman was quote unquote discovered because right. he, he was played. able to he he earned his Quite spot. A bit. He came in, replaced Wes, and lined up next to to Gronk and Hernandez, and they you got to see Jules. I'm pretty sure his second touchdown catch came during those that playoff run there. Yeah, like, it did that Correct. late into his career because again behind multiple great yeah. receivers, you're you're not going to see the field so. Yeah. And, you know, even losing Randy Moss, they ended up gaining Gronk and Hernandez. So they still had so much talent and Jules was buried and he's not a receiver. He's a freaking college quarterback. So those things matter. They need to be considered. You need to take it under the microscope and you need to really think what more did he needed to do? What more did Julian Edelman need to do? Because I know you're like, well, he has zero Pro Bowls. Well, he was gypped out of a couple. I could go back and show you Absolutely. where he should have been in over certain people, but wasn't. Because he's never been the touchdown machine, but he moves the chains. He blocks his ass off. He's a leader on and off the field. And at the end of the day, he was a Super Bowl MVP in a game where the Patriots scored one touchdown and he didn't score it. There's a reason yeah. for that. Because he literally is the reason they're getting down the field. I sit here today, and there's a lot of people that probably think that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, and I agree. Yeah, but I don't know how. He's 500 for his career, okay? But because he beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because he just played a long time. I would rather you be elite. I would rather you win, and I would rather you show up on the grandest stage on a short period of time than have a 20-year career of average, but because you, you beat Brady twice, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's where I'm at. Like if, you, if you honestly think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer but not Julian, I'm just like, how? Where, how? Assess your life. Assess how you think because I, I'm not there. I think that Julian Edelman's 2013-2019 stretch, it's being overlooked. Yeah, seriously. You cut those first three years out and – Cut out last season for injuries and whatnot. Yeah. And just look at those stats, you know. Then you're looking at a lot better, you know, stats per years and whatnot. Because the playing People time are- is all that matters. Once once he's on the field and playing, those are the stats that matter. The the lack of stats before you see in the field, that's irrelevant. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I, I don't think he will get in. I've said that. But it's because a lot of Patriot players aren't getting in because they're 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 being overlooked by the success that the Patriots had, and it's not necessarily wrong to think that way. You know, I, you know, somebody brought up that Dwayne Bow has better stats than Julian Edelman. Who would you rather have, Julian Edelman or Dwayne Bow? Like, come on, this this not isn't close. this isn't brain science. Like, come on, like seriously, like. Heinz Ward, yeah, it's a damn shame he's not in. He should be. 
But this isn't about Heinz Ward. We're talking about Julian Edelman. I would feel a lot better about people's arguments for Julian not making the Hall of Fame if the Hall of Fame were actually more strict. Like, yeah. there's, there's cases where I think that there's people who are getting gypped out, and then there's times when you look back through it and you go, well, damn, I'm kind of shocked that they're in there. So it's, it's pretty inconsistent. Like, I'd be fine with Julian not making it if we were really strict and we inducted less freaking people and we only inducted people who really deserve to be there and we we tighten up on the criteria that's not really written out anywhere anyways but since it is the way it is right now julian absolutely deserves with some of the guys that are in there to be there so i think another thing that that i would bring to the table is so you have jerry rice most considered the greatest wide receiver slash football player of all time. Okay. A lot of times people will bring up Randy Moss because Randy Moss was very dominant for X amount of time. You know, X, you know, he had several seasons where he was clearly the best player on the planet and probably the best receiver to ever play. And a lot of times when it comes down to those two, Jerry's got definitely got a little bit long longevity. Okay. Which is fair. But like the deciding argument is, well, Jerry's got rings. Jerry won. So can Julian use that argument? Because he did. Right. And he won at the highest level. He was 3-0. and And at the end of the day, he's only behind Jerry Rice in playoff yardage. That's, that's huge. That's huge. And it, it, it needs to speak volumes. I don't know. I, I find it funny that Julian Edelman is going to end his career as somebody that was overlooked his entire career. And he's going to be overlooked for the Hall of Fame probably too. Um, hopefully he's not. I think it would be it would be smart of the NFL to put him in because Julian Edelman is not a good player. He is a great player. And it's not the Hall of Fame of good. It's the Hall of Fame of great. And I believe that Julian Edelman is that. Just Absolutely. because he's not 6'5" and played for 10 years and was a first round pick. You have to take things into context. He was a seventh round pick that never played wide receiver. He had one catch for 11 yards in college. Those things have to be earned. And he earned them and he won at the highest level and won a Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I, if it's my vote, I put him in clutch factor matters. He's in. Clutch factor matters. You, and I'll, I'll end it with this unless you have something else. You can't tell the game of football without talking about Julian Edelman. You can't do it. Agreed. He was part of the greatest comeback in the history of the league. And on the sideline the entire time, down 28-3, to 3, there's plenty of video. Go look it up. It's going to be a hell of a story. It's going to be a hell of a story. He knew it. He knew it the whole time and orchestrated a comeback with probably, I don't know if it's probably, the greatest catch in Super Bowl history in the most improbable way. Honestly, I mean, how many players could keep that mindset, you know? Most yeah. players are shutting down. And this dude's over here firing up the team, getting the troops ready for work. He ain't thinking about shutting down 28-3. to 3. My ass! Yeah. It's crazy man. He has the game winning touchdown in Super Bowl thirty sorry, forty nine. 
Super Bowl 49, he has the game-winning touchdown. He's the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl 53. He wasn't available in Super Bowl 52, or he might have a fourth ring. There's, uh, he, he, he was huge in every Super Bowl he ever played in. Game-winning catch, the improbable catch, and the Super Bowl MVP. Nothing more to say. I think he's a Hall of Famer. And uh, there's a lot of teams that for a long time would have loved to have Julian Edelman. Absolutely. So with that being said, we're going to move on here to our, uh, our draft episode. Don't go anywhere, and we'll be back in just a minute. All right, draft time. I'm back. Brad's back. Brad, how are you, man? Dude, I am doing good. Long work week, but I'm glad to be back for the second half of this draft. Yeah. Uh, just want to give a shout-out to Jeff Halbert. Thanks for coming on the pod. The Julian Edelman segment was fun. Uh, now we're talking draft, though. So mm-hmm. where we left off last week, we finished 1 through seven, or one through 16. We ended with the Cardinals. There hasn't been any uh, draft trades or anything like that, so nothing that we really need to adjust going into this one. So we're just going to yeah. – we're pretty much going to start off with 17 at the Raiders. Yeah, the only thing that was maybe a little bit is I did shock you with a running back pick, possibly for the Cardinals at 16, and they Which just signed like. James. They signed James Conner today, yeah. so that could change up some of that stuff there. But this is yeah. all just you know each team individually. So yeah, and you know after we finish next week, we will put it through next week, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, next, next week we're going to be doing our official mock draft. Where I get the odds, Brad will take the evens, and we'll uh, we'll do the entire first round for you guys. So let's uh, let's go ahead and start off with the Raiders. I'll let you start. What do you think they need? What players make sense here? Lots going on. Um, I think the Raiders could use anywhere on the offensive line. Really, um, they they got rid of two guys, I believe, on their offensive line this offseason, and yeah. it already wasn't great. Um, but if it's not one of the top two offensive linemen. I believe the top 16 is going to be pretty heavy on the offensive side of the ball at all positions. So I think there's going to be some really, really good top-level defensive players here. Um, there's there's three really good corners. One of them should be available here. Um, if Parsons is gone, which we assume the linebacker from uh, Notre Dame, uh, he, he's probably going to be maybe around this area. So I, I look for really, if there's an offensive lineman that slipped to them that they want, sure. But it might just be best defensive player available. Yeah, when I look at the Raiders, I look at uh, the quarterback's good, Derek Carr. The running back's good, uh, Josh Jacobs. A couple of defensive line pieces, and outside of that, and the tight end's good, sorry, Darren Waller. Outside of that, they need a lot of help. So best player available at linebacker corner, Caleb Farley, potentially going to be available here from Virginia Tech, I think makes quite a bit of sense. Um, they could go out and potentially, if if for some reason, um, corners are just flying off the board. You got Grant, uh, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern that could potentially be available. But overall, Christian Derrishaw out of Virginia Tech, a couple of VTech players could be available for them. Um, I, I see them in that range. If for some reason they want to, they did just bring Carl Joseph back, but if they want to try and go out and get um, maybe a different secondary, maybe they're not looking at a corner. There is uh, Javen Holland uh, yeah. out, of, out of Oregon. There's a couple different things. I think 
even Asante Samuels, if maybe they want to trade down, I know they've been active in trading around and, and open to that kind of thing. Asante Samuels Jr. out of Florida State. I, I look for them to get a corner. They've had the worst secondary in the league for years. In my yeah. opinion, they're going corner. I would look corner, too, and a lot of people would say, well, there's still no safeties taken. I don't know if there's any safeties that are really going to be in the mid to high first round. It would be an awfully big reach. Um, I, I see corner, too. Corner's really strong. It's something that they need. And they, they just brought in a new defensive coordinator, too, so why not try and give him somebody that he wants, you know, let his voice be heard. So I like yeah. defense here. Coming at 18, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins. This is their second pick of the first round. I'm almost, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure the, the two of us had basically agreed they're taking whoever's available out of Panay Sewell, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase. Right. Yeah, and if That's somehow all three of them are gone, Rashawn Slater, the other top offensive lineman. Yeah, which I, I can't see all of them being gone, but potentially. Okay. But they're going to take one of those guys. I think on the second pick, I know you had Najee Harris going to the Arizona Cardinals, which would be fun. I think he goes to the Miami Dolphins here at 18. I think that makes the most sense of a team that really just needs a running back. And, you know, running backs have been known to fall. So I kind of looked at them. um, I thought that they would take offensive linemen first and then go wide receiver here, whether that's, you know, um, Tony from Florida, a gadget player who can do all sorts of things, an open field guy. Or um, if they wanted to take Terrace Marshall Jr., the other wide receiver from LSU. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. But if they get a Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase at six, I look for them to reverse it. Maybe take Elijah Vera Tucker or Wyatt Davis, one of the more the best interior defensive linemen. Jalen Mayfield, Michigan. Yeah, I think it's going to be a playmaker and an offensive lineman. I think that's going to be their two picks. And um, you're absolutely right. If Chase and Pitts go 4-5, say the Falcons don't trade and they take Pitts. And then at 5, the Bengals take Panea Sewell. Rashawn Slater's there, or Jamar Chase, excuse me. And they take Panea Sewell. They take a, a weapon here at 18, maybe Najee Harris even. Yeah. 19. So the Denver Broncos also have the – where are they drafting? The Broncos are nine. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Broncos were nine. So who's who's 19? The Washington football team. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. So you're Washington. Right. Washington's here at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing they don't really need is defensive line. They have uh, – I think they have a running back that they're, they're somewhat okay he with. He was great until he had the toe injury. He, he was. He was really good last year. So injuries can ruin running backs, but yeah, I agree with you. They have a couple of solid receivers they really like. They just went out and got Curtis Samuel. Um, there's a lot of people that think this team's probably potentially trading up. Um, what do you have them doing here? Um, I like Curtis Samuel. I like um, Scary Terry. I like their running back. Um, I think their O-line could use some work. I mean, every team pretty much can use O-linemen if, they, if they're there. If I do think this team's a possible trade-up. Um, I think they could use a quarterback. You know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they start to fall towards the back of the top 10. I look for this team to maybe make a jump. Um, if they're not there, 
I think Washington could could take one of the corners, even if it's Asante Samuel Jr. I think they can all play. So I look for Washington to either take a secondary player, line, or quarterback. And they're going to take a quarterback if they trade up. But if they don't trade up, I'm looking at corner or offensive lineman. Again, I, I'm going to bring up his name because I think somewhere from 16 to 24 in that range is where Elijah Vera Tucker and Wyatt Davis maybe both get picked. They're the two best interior offensive linemen. So, Yeah, I I just see this team trading up somehow, some way to try and get one of the top quarterbacks. We've if they seen don't. I was going to say, if they don't, Ron Rivera might be a guy who wants Teddy Bridgewater. Had him in Carolina for a year. Yeah, you know, I I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a bad consolation prize if you just decide to draft best available. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the same names are going to come up. You brought up Greg Newsom. I'll bring him up again. Asante Samuels. Um, I don't think they go out and get a receiver. I think that's probably the one position they're they're really okay with. Um, and they, I don't think they get a pass rusher. I think they're obviously set there. So look for other offensive linemen. Um, Christian Dershaw, VTech, Jalen Marshall, or I'm sorry, um, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. A lot of good players. Um, potentially some slides, you know. Uh, we've seen a wide receiver slide last year. If there's if there's a big-time player, who knows? I don't know. I I think this year is pretty unpredictable because of the way the quarterbacks are really translating. Um, we've had more success with quarterbacks than, than probably ever before. And there's five that people are pretty, pretty locked in on. So if for some reason, and a lot of people have Mac Jones going to three. going three to the Niners, if he doesn't and he makes it past new England at 15, watch, watch them to take Mac Jones. Cause I, in my opinion, he's the fifth. Um, and he's a pure pocket passer, which I don't think Washington would be. I don't think they'd be heartbroken about that. I think they'd be all right with that. Um, but yeah, coming in at twenty, Chicago Bears. This is they a need team. A lot. I, I, I am. This is the team I feel most confident in saying they're going to trade up in the draft. I, I look at what the Chicago Bears have done, and if Trey Lance does not go three, if they take. Um, Mac Jones. If Trey Lance is there at even four with the Falcons, I could see the Bears offering a similar deal that they offered the the Seahawks to move from twenty up to four to take Trey Lance. I think this team is desperate for a quarterback, and I think Andy Dalton. If they couldn't get Russell, I think they said we need to bring in some veteran quarterback so we can sit Trey Lance just for a little bit. Um, I, I think I think they're going to go all in for him. I think it's their top need. I like their wide receivers. They had a uh, emerging tight end last year in Cole Clement. They've got a they've got their every down back and Tyreek Cohen's coming back. Their defense is solid, but they've already started to give up on their defense a little bit. They lost their corner. Um, I I think they're willing to give up more starters on defense, switch over to the offensive led league, try and give Matt Nagy every chance to have his job. I, and again with with a GM and a uh, head coach on a one year deal. If it doesn't work, you're fired anyway. So you're not going to have to live with your decision. I really think the Bears, you know, I was very adamant about them going for Russell Wilson. Seahawks said no. But a team like the Falcons, if they were able to get, you know, solid starter in the front seven or two, 
go back to 20 and get another first rounder next year. I think Arthur Smith would like the idea of being able to build his team a little bit, stockpile some picks. Bears and Falcons, there's no bad blood there. So I, I really like the Chicago Bears to trade up. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sitting weirdly weird with the Bears because they have two quarterbacks on the roster that I don't think they, I think they would cut them both today if they really could. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, they're not in love with either of them. Um, their best player on their team, you could argue, is probably Allen Robinson, maybe Cleo Mack, but I'll argue it's Allen Robinson, at least for today. And he's not signed for the team next year. So he, this coming season he is, but not the following. Yeah, yeah. Wide receiver makes a lot of sense to me. I could see them I, trading up to get one of those mm, so that they could potentially still go get Russell Wilson. I, I don't know. I It's interesting. The Bears are interesting, but they need a quarterback. I don't like any of their quarterbacks. Again, every team can go offensive line at any moment. Just about all of them can. Yeah. And – Maybe they need a corner to replace Kyle Fuller, uh, Kyle Fuller yeah. in the secondary. But I like their weapons on offense, and I think if they if they were able to get a quarterback who could pose a threat both running and throwing, Fields or Trey Lance. I don't know why Fields keeps slipping my mind. Fields or Lance. They're not taken in the first three. I think the Bears are salivating at the chance to move up in the draft and add a quarterback who adds a dimension of running and throwing. Better than Trubisky, though. I think both those guys will throw better than Trubisky. Yeah. 21 on the clock, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts are, I would say, they're set at quarterback. They went out and got Carson Wentz. Uh, I'd say they're set at running back. They actually had a two- and sometimes three-headed monster last year. So I think they're pretty much set there. Jonathan Taylor had a great, uh, great second half of the season that really propelled him. They have a couple of receivers. They got that Pittman Jr., and then they also have T.Y., who's kind of towards the end. I could see them potentially going wide receiver if something were to fall to them, but I don't think they'll overdraft one. I think they're too smart. They've done so well in the draft. I don't see them overdrafting anybody. I think they probably – I think they grab the best available pass rusher or the best available safety, and at that point – look for them to maybe just trade out of the first round because there's, there's a couple here that I think they could probably trade down with the team that might want to move up. You know, last year the Packers moved up a few spots and drafted a quarterback. Watch out for somebody else to do something like, you know, Tampa Bay, there's been rumors. They're going to take a quarterback at the yeah. end of the first round. If God forbid, Mac Jones was there. But I, I don't want to sit here and predict trades. I'm just yeah. that the Colts are very good. They're very deep. They're not going to overdraft people. Watch them to do something smart. Best available player, edge rusher. They're, they're, they could probably use a corner because Xavier Rhodes is going to be. I think it's corner. I think it's corner. they have they have their guard and center that they paid. I yeah. think they could if the top two tackles aren't there. Top four corners. And a wide receiver, maybe they love isn't there. You know, they're all yeah. taking three or four went. I think this is easily team, and I'm not saying trade out of the first round, but I look at the Colts to maybe like maybe a quarterback's there and Pittsburgh three picks back wants to move up or the Browns or 
even the Packers, you know, they've moved up in the first round even just last year. So maybe just take a step back in the first round just to get some more additional picks later just for more depth. But the Colts have a very good starting roster. I think wide receiver, they're going wide receiver in the first two rounds. They got to get one because they've had health issues. T.Y. Hilton's only on a one-year deal. They're going to need to get better there. But the Colts have a a pretty well-rounded roster. I think this is one of the teams that could trade back late. I agree with that. I like that a lot. They could definitely afford to. Especially because they're going to end up having to give up their first round pick next year. So Carson Wentz is going to turn into a yes. first round pick. Um, I could see them trying to get some depth for next year because I, I think they're going to be good. I think they, and they I think they know they're going to be good. And uh, for a team that's got one of the better rosters, they're a top five roster in the league probably. I think that they can afford to do that and probably will if the opportunity were to arise. Yes. 22, Tennessee Titans. For me, it's it's best available pass rusher, period. The team was, I believe, 32nd or 31st in sacks last year. They can't get to the quarterback. Best available player. There's going to be a few pass rushers here towards the end of this draft. You have Ajiz Ajala, whatever his name is, out of Georgia. You have Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Gregory Rasuo out of Miami. There's several. Whoever here, Whoever's here, best available pass rusher. I think they could go edge, but I think in their draft room, they solved that with Bud Dupree. I think they think he's going to open it up. I disagree, too, but I think they have bigger needs at corner and wide receiver. They lose Corey Davis, and they lose Jonu Smith. They're going to need to replace something on pass catching because I know he's good, but he can't run against nine in the box. Derek Henry can't. So I think they need to look at more playmakers on the outside. And they lose Malcolm Butler, their best corner. Logan Ryan's now a safety. I think they need help out there. And, you know. Logan Ryan's not even a Titan. Really? Oh, he's not? Yeah, he's, a giant. he's a giant. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah, they're secondaries. Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard is what I'm thinking of. Is a safety. So, you look at you look at what they need at corner and wide receiver. I think they need something on the perimeter. They could go edge, but I I think corner is so deep in the first round we haven't really talked much about edge pass rushers or outside linebackers throughout this whole draft so obviously we're missing you know some some key players there if quitty pays there i like that pick a lot quitty pay to the titans then you get your pair of pass rushers maybe it could solve a lot of issues but you know this is way too far ahead but i think the titans take a step back next year and uh, we'll get more into that. But I think the Titans need more help than some people really think. No, they definitely lost key players all over. Offensive but, coordinator, tight end, and wide receiver. I think you need to give some more help to Ryan Tannehill. But regardless of who they lost in the defensive line, they sucked there anyways. In my opinion, that's their biggest need. Because you still do have A.J. Brown, you know? So at the end of the day, I don't care who your second receiver is. You have a damn good first one. I don't, the corner definitely makes sense. Um, for me, it's edge, and I, I know that you said Bud Dupree, and I agree with you for the most part, but that's one. You need a second. Um, they got to reestablish themselves there, especially as a team that loves to run the ball, take the lead, and then run the ball some more, which means teams are going to want to throw from behind, and you, you need a pass rush. And If you don't have that, you're going to have to throw more. 
I don't know. Pass rusher seems like it's a no-brainer to me. I almost don't want to go any farther. But 23, New York Jets. This is their second pick. I think we both uh, pretty much agree that Zach Wilson is going to be there at two for them, and that's who they're going to be taking. So, and we agreed that the 23rd pick would be more of a fun topic. <laughs> if the first running back isn't off the board, makes a little sense here. What do you think about Najee Harris here? Yeah, I mean, even if Najee Harris is gone, I could even see Travis at the end. I just, I just want yeah. some people to know, you know, I'm on this website kind of getting a brief, you know, what some teams' needs are. And for the New York Jets, the primary need is quarterback. Their secondary need says cornerback, edge, wide receiver, tight end, running back, linebacker, inside offensive line, tackle. Everything. <laughs> they might as well pick up a new water boy in the draft, this, too, if they can. This pick is so fun because they need everything. I mean, there's nothing that they don't need. Um, If you're bringing in Zach Wilson... You know, you got your mountain left tackle last year. You drafted Denzel Mims. You just signed Corey Davis. You have um, Jamison Crowder. You actually have some decent weapons there. Get yourself a running back. I mean, even if it's not, if Najee Harris is gone, you look at even Travis Etienne still out of Clemson. You look at um, Tony from Florida. He's more of a gadget guy, but can do it all. Maybe that works well with Zach Wilson, who can move. I think it's got to be you double down on offense here. I think you got to get more weapons or protection. Uh, Vera Tucker, Wyatt Davis, your guards. You know, you got your left tackle. Get yourself a right guard in Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. I think that could be a really good play here for them. But I think it's got to be offensive. You saw what happened when you didn't help Sam Darnold. The whole franchise fell apart. It's nothing but fire on the organization. You get Zach Wilson, fresh start. Build around him, give him weapons, lose games 35 42 if you have to to start. Build your defense later. And with the amount of capital they have, if you start to look good on offense, they're going to be able to sign a lot of free agents on defense who may start to believe in them and they can turn it around quick. But you got to, you got to help Zach Wilson. If that's your plan at two, you got to help him. Yeah. You know, last year they took Makai Becton and he worked out. He was actually a really good player for them. Hey. Yeah. And, Getting Zach Wilson is a, is a it's a fresh start. They don't have a ton of offensive weapons. A running back does make sense, but at the same time, in my opinion, running backs are a dime a dozen in this league. I'm not about paying them. I'm about drafting them late and plugging them. As you've seen, there was two undrafted backs last year that uh, were very good. Um, Robinson for the Jags and uh, Gibson for Washington were both great. So, Get one later. Um, go out and get the best available receiver. Uh, more protection. If I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm 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 not worried about a running back here. But it it's fun, especially if it's Najee Harris or or uh, Etn. I mean, they're obviously very popular players in their own right. Bama and Clemson. They played against each other in a couple of uh, title games. I don't know. I just uh, I'm for drafting running backs later. Steelers, 24. Yeah. I know you've probably made uh, a lot of thoughts on this one. I'll let you go in. Yeah, um, I don't think the Steelers are sold on any predecessor to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I don't think Mason or Dwayne Haskins is the answer. I believe the Steelers don't trade up much. I literally forgot Dwayne Haskins was on your roster. Continue. Yeah, I think he's just That's an funny. insurance policy, one-year deal. But 
if Justin Fields makes it to double digits, watch out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what they're willing to give up, but I know I'm pretty I don't know. I'm not in the room. I'm pretty sure Justin Fields is their top candidate at quarterback, realistically, assuming Lawrence and Wilson are gone. Justin Fields is a high candidate. Presuming they don't trade up, um, running back is obviously an option. Najee Harris or Etienne. If we don't trade up and Najee Harris is there at 24, that's as far as he makes it. Every Any Steelers fan listening to the pod knows any little notification you've been getting the last week and a half is about how much they love Najee Harris. They could even trade up for him. Um, but you lose Marquise Pounce. See, this could be center comes off. Um, the guy from Oklahoma or the guy from Alabama. Uh, you got Creed Humphrey and Landon Dickerson. Uh, you start to look at wide receiver rooms fine, but ever since Colbert has been the GM since 2001. He's taken a wide receiver in the first three rounds every single year he's been the GM. So might get one in the second or third. I don't think here at first. If they slip potentially a corner, we just lost Steven Nelson. We'd like to get another one. But Cameron Sutton looks promising. But we lost Mike Hilton too. We lost two starting corners. Front seven is stacked. The safeties are fine. Wide receivers are fine quarterback if you can get the right one if they want to trade up but i'm thinking it's going to be a corner or the first center off the board here for for the steelers so i definitely look for them to replace a key piece james connor gone bud dupree gone nelson gone um pass rusher makes a lot of sense here if they want to stay with an elite defensive line they have the best defensive line in the country when they start their best guys go ahead you know last year when we did our draft analysis a guy said who was a big sleeper was alex highsmith from charlotte put up numbers but he played for charlotte uh the steelers went out and got him in the second round and when bud dupree went down highsmith played phenomenally had an interception pass deflections got sacks again. I do think Bud Dupree's role was glorified because again, Bud Dupree's good, but he was the fourth best on our starting defensive line behind Watt to it and Hayward. So I think Highsmith is fine. We re-signed Marsh, who is the backup to him. We have Devin Bush and um, Robert Spillane. Um, we did get rid of Vince Williams. So look later in the draft to add depth at middle linebacker, but if if it's defensive, it's corner. Offense, it's either running back, interior O-line, or quarterback. But I, I truly believe if we're talking just first round, now edge rusher maybe third, fourth round. But first round, if it's defensive, it's a corner. And if it's offensive, it's anything but wide receiver. I, I But if they don't trade up, erase quarterback. Interior offensive lineman or corner, I think, is the most realistic expectations for the Steelers. I like it. Now, nobody likes seeing their first-round pick and then looking up highlights of a left guard. That kind of sucks, but they're important. Last two offensive linemen we took in the first round, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro. We seem to hit on our first-round offensive linemen. Yeah, and to be honest, most first-round offensive linemen usually work. Because you like, know they, just, they weren't beating like, college. Like eighty percent of the time, they're gonna work. Was this left guard beat at all? No. Yeah. Okay, you can draft him. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. 
Much like the Jets, here at 25, you got the Jags. Uh, their first pick is the most predictable pick in all of the draft. They, they will 100% go Trevor Lawrence. What do they go here at 25? Urban Meyer, new coach, new quarterback. They need a lot of new stuff. They only won one game last year, and they have $40 million of cap they still haven't spent. They have, they have a lot of needs. For me, it's kind of confusing because, you know, I try and look at these websites, and again, this one for primary needs says cornerback or quarterback, excuse me, quarterback, tackle, wide receiver, safety, running back. I don't think they need a running back. I don't think they need receiver. Again, every team can use offensive linemen. But I think this team has to go defensive. We haven't talked enough about edge rushers, get another one. Corner, get another one. Safety, something. They, I think they, need- they did sign Shaquille Griffin. Yeah, corner. I okay, could- so not corner. Move that well, off the board. Maybe. Maybe that's something he wants to establish. I want to have the best secondary. But then again, take the take the the division into account. You got Ryan Tannehill, pretty good. You have Carson Wentz, jury's out, but pretty good. And then you have Watson, um, Deshaun Watson, very good if he plays, very good. I think they need two corners. I think they get a. I think they could go out and get another one here. I I think the way they look at it, you look at receivers, not the quarterback. You go to the Titans, we got our corner for A.J. Brown. You go to the Texans, they don't even have a number one receiver, so he'll just line up on the side. You go to – Cooks actually third? had 1,000 yards last year. Huh? Brandon Cooks actually had 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, but year. it was all in garbage, really. I'm but even still, even still, if you, wanted, if you want to put him on Cooks, go for it. Will Fuller's not there anymore. Yeah. And who knows if Deshaun's playing. Then you go to um, the Colts, you've got your guy for T.Y. Hilton. So – I. Maybe he does. I'm not ruling out that they won't take a second corner. But you look at um, the running backs. You've got a beefy offensive line with James Conner. Or James, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jesus. With Jonathan James, Taylor. James Robinson. Are you talking about Colts? I'm talking about the teams are going to face. Oh, yeah, okay. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Derrick Henry. You need to beef up the interior of your defensive line. We haven't talked about those those big hole fillers down there yeah. in the defensive tackle spot. You. I mean, I'm trying to find some of their names right now. But um, you look at uh, Levi, I don't know how to say his last name, Christian Barmore. Um, you look at some of these defensive tackles or if somehow the second middle linebacker there from from Notre Dame, Jeremiah. I mean, I think they've got to get big up front and they've got to get young, big, and quick in the interior of their defensive line. I think that's where they go at number two. Front seven. Could be edge. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not too far away from you on that. I mean, interior defensive line makes a ton of sense. I mean, you're literally going up against Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, and not to mention that the Texans, I mean, he's older, but they got Mark Ingram. I mean, he's no he's no slouch. I don't know. I like I th- I like the idea that they go interior defensive line. I think that makes a lot of sense. But there's not a lot of them planned in the first round. So that, that may be something that they're able to get early in the second. If someone that, uh, you know, Urban Meyer loves falls to him a wide receiver spot, I think they lost one of them. They have LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark. I think they lost Keelan Cole, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. you add another wide receiver, more weapons for Trevor. Yeah, yeah. 26 Browns. Where are you at on the Browns? I'm telling you, I think they trade up in the first round. Trade up. I think the Browns 
I think the Browns, they're the only weakness I see on their team. Truly, after they signed the safety, Troy Hill and then John Johnson. The only weakness I think I see is their the middle linebacker position. I think they need better linebackers. And maybe some Browns fans are listening. Maybe there's a guy I'm missing. But it, I think it's in the interior of their defensive line or middle linebacker, especially if they're going to sign Jadavion Clowney. I really think they could package a deal with their first-round pick, maybe a future, and potentially OBJ to move up for Micah Parsons. I think the Browns, if they were to get him, they would just be so good everywhere, and I don't think they need Odell. I look at a team like if he slips to 12, the Eagles, instead of drafting a wide receiver, would they take Odell Beckham Jr.? And another first rounder next year, and potentially a four first rounders the next year, and yeah. just go. They're already, you know, saying they're in a rebuild. And OBJ, I think, would work perfect for the style of system that they run with Jalen Hurts. So, I just think if, if they don't draft up, I still think they need interior defensive lineman or middle linebacker. I think their offensive line's good, one of the best running back rooms in the league. You know, the big name wide receivers play well. And the ones you don't know very well work well with Baker. Um, tight ends, they've got like 18 of those guys that play. Their secondary looks like it's going to be really good next year. Miles Garrett, and if all things go as planned, later this week they're going to sign Clowney. I think middle linebacker, interior defensive line is the only option. I don't think they have to trade up for that. I, I agree with you. I think that makes a ton of sense for them, and I think that's probably the direction they're going to go. Um but I don't think they need to trade up. I think it would be very interesting. I think that corner makes sense to me. Linebacker makes sense to me. That's really it. We've talked about it last year. We talked about it again just now. This team, obviously they're set on Baker. I, I think, you know, depending on where they drafted, they could potentially take quarterback, but not this year. Um, I think Baker... Is like their their one weakness on the offensive side of the ball. Not that he's like terrible. I'm not trying to down him here, but on the defense, it's definitely linebacker and it's definitely corner. Those are the places they got beat. They went out and got players from the Rams, John Johnson, like we just talked about. I, depending on where the corner market's at in this first round, I could, <laughs> well, they, I, could I could see them helping Denzel Ward because for whatever reason he can't stay on the field. What's they that? got Troy Hill from the Rams corner. They did, but at got, the same time, Denzel uh, Ward hasn't been able to stay on the injury. field. They've got that other cornerback coming back. Oh, what's his name? Oh, Grant Delpit. No, he's well, Grant Delpit's the safety. secondary. Yeah, but he's a safety with John Johnson, Grady Williams. Oh, Isn't okay. Grady Williams, like they drafted Gosh. him. But but Denzel, they're starting the season with th- those three healthy. How long they'll last, we don't know. But are they going to draft a room, uh, draft a corner with those three guys in the roster already, just saying, you know, they're going to get hurt later on? I don't think that's how teams go in the draft. But I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, Bill Belichick has a has a famous saying. It's like, tell me when somebody's going to get hurt and I won't play him. It's like, you can't predict an injury. That's just stupid to even think about. Um, I don't know. I think you're... God, linebacker might be literally it for them. <laughs> it's crazy to think how good they really are. But if one of the top interior defensive linemen falls to them, I mean, 
They just they might need a guy who just clogs up the middle a little bit. You know what? There's a coach drafting at 15 that loves to trade down. If Parsons is for some reason there, New England could trade down. I think I could see the Cowboys trading down, honestly. I know that sounds crazy because as bad as they were last year, I could see them. The Dolphins have already traded down. I could see them trading down again. I don't know. I think I don't think you're I don't think you're far I, off, dude. I think the Browns think know if, how good they are. I think if Parson falls to falls to twelve, the Eagles are a team that look like they're willing to deal for the best middle linebacker clearly in the draft. If he somehow falls to twelve, I think there's gonna be three or four teams on the phone with the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause you know, some of those teams above them that could potentially take Parsons might trade out for Fields or Lance, teams trying to get in there for those guys. And I don't know, I look at Philly to uh, take some calls for that number 12 pick when we get to draft day. Yeah. 27, Ravens. Where are you at in the Ravens? Division rival of yours, obviously. I think they need a pass rusher after Judon left. I mean, I I, yeah. I think I think they need more on the edge. I think their secondary is fine. You know, Lamar and J.K. Dobbins are that running game. Um, they don't really use wide receivers much, but they have Mark Andrews at tight end. I think they like their. I think they're like their offense. If they didn't, they would have went out and tried harder to sign an off or wide receiver. But looking at how they went for Kenny Galladay, and looking at how they went for Juju Smith-Schuster, that would kind of tell you they want a wide receiver. But I don't know if the right one falls to them at twenty-four. If if a top two or three pass rusher falls there and a top five or six for them wide receiver I think they push wide receiver back and take edge I think they could go either way but I really think this is wide receiver or pass rusher I think there's going to be some fun highlights for Ravens fans when their guy gets drafted there's a lot of people that think Terrence Marshall's still going to be there and I think as big and physical as he is he makes the most sense he makes the most sense but at the same token if they want to be a more elusive team. Um, Rondell Moore out of Purdue is a speedster. Gets a lot of um, comparisons to Tyree Kill. I brought that up in the last pod. Another Big Ten receiver, Rashad Bateman. There's a few different receivers that fall to them. It's a very deep receiver draft again this year. Um, it's not as many high up at the top. Not as yeah. I like. I think the Ravens need a receiver more than anything. That what they've done over the last as long as the Ravens have been around, is they've had linebackers. They can go without one for, you know, a coming season and just bring up some, you know, some second or third round rookies or something. I think they need to go out and get a wide receiver because that's something they just, even Hollywood Brown just isn't, uh, yeah, he's, a he's burn- not that next, he's not that next level guy though. They run the ball and then they get to the red zone and kind of get stuck. You add a big guy like Terrence Marshall, to Mark Andrews, you have more options. You just you want to make if you're the Ravens, you want to build your team to be as scary as possible in the red zone, because when the field's all wide open, Lamar's so dangerous. But when you shrink the field, it's obviously more difficult. So, wide receiver is a strong candidate pick here. Um, look for them to go edge if they don't go wide receiver. I believe. Yeah. Saints, right? Twenty-eight here. At the Saints, mm-hmm. you know they lose their quarterback, but they have a few that's gonna that's gonna probably step in with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I think 
quarterback is probably a non-existent topic in that locker room, at least for now. Uh, running back with, you know, Alvin Kamara, they just recently paid him. I think that's a non-existent topic. Though they have a great receiver in Michael. What's that? And their front seven, I think, is fine. Defensively? Yeah, defensive front seven, I think they're fine. And offensive line. I know where you're going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. You're good. I, I think it, overall it's not a deep tight, tight end draft, even though they do probably need a tight end. Okay? They don't have a ton of wide receiver help past Michael Thomas. And it sounds like Michael Thomas probably won't retire a Saint. I mean, there's been some locker room issues and whatever not. And I actually called this on a pod several several weeks ago, and I don't know if it's still going to happen or not, but I, I thought that Mike Thomas would be a Raven, you know? Um, it sounds like left that injury a little bit to be there in the postseason for Drew Brees. When he could have played, he just chose to sit out, and I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing about him, that the fact that he really wanted to play with Drew, but it's like, eh, I, I don't know. I just think that the, the Saints could definitely take a wide receiver if – the right one falls. I think that makes a lot of sense. Outside of that, they've been cap cutting. There's a lot of players on their defensive end. The defensive, they had Quan Alexander, no longer there. A um, couple of linebackers, one out of Notre Dame, we just mentioned for the Browns. If they don't take Parsons, makes a lot of sense. Jeremiah, you know, his, his long last name. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, Saints are a wild card to me, man, because they're, I, they're a team that has won on a consistent basis for a long time, but I don't think they're as good as we think they are. You talked about the Jags needing two good corners. I think the Saints do. They have Marshawn Lattimore, but when you play the Bucks, you look at what the Panthers wide receivers did last year, and you've got Ridley and Julio Jones, you're going to have to get a second corner. They got rid of one or two corners trying to cap cut. I think that's where they're looking at in the draft. It's either wide receiver or corner. It's some speedy guy on the outside where the game is mostly played now, unless you're the Tennessee Titans or Ravens, really. So I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Which one is it? We'll see come draft day, or I'll just let you know when I release my mock draft, and you guys won't even have to watch the draft because, you know, that's how that goes. But <laughs> I think it's got to be corner or wide receiver. Yeah. But if you're having a quarterback battle, you'd like to get more wide receivers in the room, I believe. Green Bay Packers here at 29. Green Bay Packers. Last Replace year your they... center. Go ahead with Land... last year. Landon Dickinson, Alabama. Well, yeah. him or Humphrey. I think they've got to replace the center on the offensive line. Yeah, I guess all, the only thing I was going here is just like, you know, last year they kind of shocked everybody and traded up and got a quarterback. So they're kind of unpredictable is really what I was getting at. Um, yeah. Landon Dickinson is my top pick here. They're, Offensive line always, again, like you said a few minutes ago, is, is it's always the easiest thing to just say that's what you're doing. Um, but it actually does make sense here. Um, and Lana Dickinson, I think, will be available. Um, if not, they still could definitely go out and get a wide receiver. And it's always so easy to throw a wide receiver out for everybody, too, because of the day and age we're in. But seriously, the Packers could use another guy opposite of Devontae Adams that can actually go out and get you some some meaningful yards. There was a couple of games that Adams missed last year and they won games, but at the same time they weren't getting the production out of the other wide receivers. If there's someone they really like, they have two, they have a good interior defensive lineman and a good edge rusher in the, the Smith brothers, but 
if someone falls that they really like, maybe one of the top three middle linebackers, I think that could be a play for them too. I think they need a guy who can consistently get 90-plus tackles in the middle of their defense. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they have Jerry Alexander, so that tells me they're probably not going corner, especially when the other quarterbacks in their division are Jerry Goff, Kirk Cousins, Kirk. and Andy Dalton. They're not, I don't think they're scared of that. Um, for me, it's it's put up points and protect Aaron Rodgers, you know. You know, a, a crazy thing, it's not going to happen, but this team should have been trying to trade up. This team should have been trying. I think they're too scared to give up anything. They're so scared, and it's Packer fans don't want to hear this, but this is a terribly run organization that isn't selling out to get Aaron Rodgers another Super Bowl. Say what you want about Aaron. I'm critical of him all the time. They don't, they're they not doing everything in their power to get him another Super it's Bowl. It's not going to be Favre to Aaron Rodgers again. Yeah. Stop pretending you have Aaron Rodgers on your bench or that you just drafted him. You know, I don't know. It's just go out. Build a team to win today, and I think Aaron would would show that he's – he showed it last year. He was the MVP of the league. I don't know. I it's just uh, – oh, boy. I don't know. Offensive line, wide receiver. Watch – I doubt they trade up, but that would make a lot of sense if they did to try and get one of these actual really good weapons because this is – I mean, we, the top half of this draft, we've already talked about it. You got Kyle Pitts, you got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and uh, Devontae yeah, Smith. There's a couple of backhand wide receivers that we've already talked about as well. But I think the Packers need to go up and get a good guy. Somebody you know, low chance of busting. We're not making a prediction. We're going to get a sure bet. I'm shocked they haven't done that. Who you got here? For the Bills? For the Packers. Oh, I, I think it's going to be center. I think it's got to be yeah. a center. Um, You know, if, if they're going to sell out one way, I think it's got to be offensive after what Aaron Rodgers did last year and possibly a wide receiver. But I don't see them going anywhere but the offensive line. Because in their mind, if Aaron Rodgers is replaceable, you're going to have to protect the next guy. So cool. after losing Lindsey in center, I think I think they got to address that. Uh, 30 bills. Uh, they need an actual running back. I, since we got the draft order, it just makes so much sense for Travis Etienne to be a Buffalo bill. I think he's perfect. I think he's perfect. I think Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence in terms of size and play style have a lot of similarities. I think the bills could use a pounder, a a bruiser who can, you know, he can score from anywhere on the field. He's got the speed. He's got the power. He's a big back. He would really let Zach Moss and um, Devin Singletary be more of third down receiving backs. When they need two yards, they don't have to sneak Josh Allen or bootleg him. They can just run the ball. I don't like to limit it to one position or just one guy. But I really like Travis Etienne out of Clemson to be the 30th pick in the draft. Yeah, it is kind of crazy because the Bills, I don't think a lot of people are looking at as a team that needs a running back, but they were bottom five in the league in rushing, I'm almost positive. Josh Allen, I think, was their leading rusher last year. Yeah, that says a lot about your team and, and where where you're at running the football. But at the same time, they also lost John Brown. 
and this team doesn't have a weapon outside of Stephon Diggs. Not that he's a bad weapon. He's a great weapon. And Cole Beasley played good slot, but if you can focus on him, you can remove him from the game. You, you need to get another piece, and there will be a couple of wide receivers available. Um, I think this is one of the few teams that they know they need offensive help, which is kind of crazy because they scored over 30 points every single game, I think. Um, yeah, the only team like through 15 weeks to have 20 or more first downs every game. Yeah, they were they were very good. But at the same token, I think they know their limitations. Outside of that, I think pass rusher, depending on who's gone, Edge makes a little bit of sense here. Moving on, the Chiefs, Super Bowl runners up. You have the KC. Um, for me, it's best available tackle. They lost yep. both their tackles. Um, they cut them both. They did sign a guard. But they, they need a tackle. I can I see them potentially moving up. Jalen Mayfield from Michigan here. I think here. that's going to be. A, I think that's a great spot for him. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, whoever that is, they they have to go tackle. I'd be absolutely just shocked if they didn't. The only way they don't go tackle here is if they trade up. But if they trade up, I feel like they'd go tackle. If they trade down, if for some reason they trade down to try and get some more draft capital. That's that's all I got. I, I think they go tackle here. Yeah. 32 Super Bowl champs, Bucks. What do you think? Um, everyone knows they don't need a ton. They don't need any the, offense, in my opinion. Well, see, that I'm going there, though. Wow. I'm going offense. Yeah. Um, they lose Antonio Brown. That's a little bit of depth. I know they like Scotty Miller. And, they do. But, but Mike Evans has shown plenty of times he gets nicked up during the season. Um, Chris Godwin missed a few games last year, and I know we just said we don't predict injury, but you He's did only bring, tagged. You franchise tag Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is there for the long haul. I think you could go get a pretty good wide receiver, maybe all-purpose playmaker. I look at um, – Kadarius Tony, I believe his name is the the one from uh, Florida, who played running back, played wide receiver, played a little bit of kick and punt return. I think he can add an, a a dynamic difference maker, not your standard prototype player. He can play everywhere. He's a little bit all purpose. I think he would be a really good pick. I think they could use another wide receiver. Looking forward to the future because they certainly don't need anything right now. But looking ahead, what are we going to be losing in the next one or two years? I don't yeah, know. If well, wide re- when you break it down like that, wide receiver does make sense. But I don't know that they need to get them in here. the first round. They just—I mean, they don't so anything. much offense. They don't. They don't need a. They're a very good. Uh, yeah, that's why a lot of people actually have them taking a quarterback if something's All 22 available. Twenty-two starters came back. So I mean, it's really crazy. Um. For me, though, their biggest weakness last year was a pass-catching back. They went out and got that with Gio Bernard. That was a huge ad for them. I don't think people are talking about that enough. There he is, Tony. He played running back and wide receiver, and he's a he's a good pass catcher. And I see a lot of lists when they talk about open field playmakers. He's one or two on every single list. I, I think, gosh, I think that's the play here is Kadarius Tony. You know what? I'm starting to lean more towards you. Like, you know, what I, what I, what I just said, the Packers need to do, the Bucks have been doing, and you're just adding to it. And I, gosh, maybe they do take wide receiver here. Uh, another guy that we haven't really talked a whole lot about that uh, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss is another big one here. Um, uh, we've already talked about the other guys, Terrence Marshall. We talked about, um, Bateman out of Minnesota. We talked about Rondell Moore out of, out of, uh, Purdue. 
gosh, are the Tampa Bay Bucks arrogant and just trade up because they literally know how good they are and just sell out and go get another just very good receiver? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. It's a fun conversation. That pretty much wraps our first round here. Yeah, I mean, this Kadarius Tony is saying in 2020, he had 70 catches for 984 and 10 tutties, which is 14 yards per catch. And he had 19 carries for 161 and a touchdown, which is eight and a half. And he had, um, as a returner, he had seven kick returns, averaging 22 yards. And 11 punt returns, averaging 12.6 yards with a touchdown. I mean, he does everything. Yeah. I think he would be perfect for their team. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited for the draft next week. Our our draft. Our draft next week. Yeah, it'll be fun. And, uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys uh, liked the Edelman opener we did here on the show. Thanks again, Jeff, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Later. We out.